Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. Welcome to another episode of Almost Awakened. I'm one of your hosts, Mikkel. And I'm the other, Bill. And we've got Chris Finnegan on the show today. Say hey, Finn. Chris Finnegan. Hey, Finn. How are you? Hey, you guys look awesome. You look beautiful, both of you. Awesome. Awesome. I think we've got a pretty pretty good show. Um, hopefully people will be entertained. It seems like most everybody's quarantined lately. Yeah, this coronavirus, man. What is... I know you don't want to talk about it, Mikkel. You're in the health industry and you're every day is a planning meeting for the crisis that is coming when there are eight people to every bed and Mikkel has to help make decisions with people coming into the office to say that Ruth, the 93-year-old, has to die and Gary, who's 28 and has it, gets to live. Well, we're not to that point yet. <laughs> okay. There's not, even a, there's not even a single case in Southern Utah yet, no, as far no as I cases. know. No, no, cause no cases in Southern Utah okay. yet, but it does. I get tired of hearing about everybody ask about it, so I have to come home and drink chocolate milk. But it's, I mean, my kids think it's chocolate milk. Yeah. Do you have people coming in all the time, every day, like saying they gotta have it? So lots of people are worried about um, being exposed, and lots of people are worried about their symptoms. There's a lot of misinformation about. Yeah. About the whole virus and how you get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good we're practicing social distancing because Bill's probably got it. Yeah, I, I want to keep a lot of distance between me and people who are sick. I don't want to get sick. I've got COPD. My lungs already work at like 80% capacity. Um, this, this thing will kill me. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, the, the reason, for instance, I mean, just to talk for, for a second, the reason we're having Chris Finnegan on, you and I both know, Mikkel, it's the reason we developed a love for reggae music. I never loved reggae music until I met Chris Finnegan. Oh, nice. Right? You love reggae too, Mikhail. What I do now. At first when I listened to it, I I didn't love it so much, but the more I listened to it, the more I love it. And and it was it was uh, it was a Vegas ride home. Um I can't remember what we had gone to. I think it was Cirque du Soleil or something Finn that uh me, Kelsey, you and Jen went to and we rode home with you and we listened to to reggae. And just listening to the lyrics and feeling the music, it really just switched something inside. I love it. Yeah, I remember being at a hang with you guys like over a year ago and you guys going like, we can take it for like one song and then <laughs> let's get back to Bone Thugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I love it does grow on you and, and it just the positivity of it can change your day in an instant. I love that. So yeah, I've got a whole playlist of it now. Yeah, right. you have a you have a you like you DJ a show. I do DJ show Sunday nights from six to eight, just local here in St. George, Utah. Uh, we do have an app, Dixie Radio um, app. It's the college show. It's fun to do. It's it's just more of a hobby. Um, my day job is teaching school at a youth crisis center. So um, really reggae is just keeps my mind right to get through a work day, um, to get through teaching, <laughs> which can be tough at times. Um but man, I, I can just put on a song and it can change me 180 in just the first few lines. But we all, all of us humans love music, Finn. Like that's, 
that's a human thing. We all love music, but maybe talk for a minute about like, as you grew up, your love for music and how it maybe switched genres and, mm. you know, how maybe how you fell in love with reggae. Okay. Yeah. I've always loved music. You know, Bob Marley says one good thing about music is when it hits you, you feel no pain. And it's, it's so true. Like in your most troubling times, um, the music and it's any music, you know, Bob Marley doesn't say a certain type of music. He's just saying music, the, the music that moves you when it hits you, you don't feel any of the stress or, you know, what he means by pain, I think is just our emotional mindset. Um, when music is hitting you, you're not feeling any of that. And so, um, you know, I grew up, my parents weren't big, big music fans at all. It was always like KSL listening to, uh, the spoken word and stuff growing up was about the most music I got from my parents, but my friend group, we really got into the grunge scene. You know, I'm a nineties kid. So Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Um, my favorite group though, growing up was a band called Primus and I've seen them in concert 11 times and it almost became my identity. Like, Oh, Finn, he's like the Primus kid and he loves Primus. And I would always try to, at school dances, get him to play Primus and stuff, and um, got arrested for slam dancing to Primus at a, at a school dance and stuff. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, music has always kind of steered my excitement for sure. Wait, what uh, if people want to get a feel for Primus? What's the song they need to go to if they're going to go to YouTube and type in Primus and check them out really quick? What's the song you put them to? Uh, my name is Mud is probably their number one um, biggest seller. Um, Tommy the Cat, Jerry was a race car driver. Um, was he now? They were never a huge band, which I kind of liked. You know, they were kind of obscure and stuff. It's just a three-man band. And so um, I just, they're very talented guys. I just took my kids to them earlier. Well, not this year, uh, just the late 2019. We went and saw them. And, you know, it's just so cool to show your kids. Him, and my, my kids are, are digging them. So, Yeah. But that's Primus. They're they're not reggae at all. They're they're more heavy stuff and it's just kind of silly lyrics too. So, how old were you when you got introduced to reggae and um, did you love it at first? Yeah, you know what? My older brother Sean had a Bob Marley tape and a Bob Marley poster, and I now have that poster in my garage. Same poster I stole it from him when he went on um, a mission. And I still have it in my garage That's now. That's awesome. But yeah. So I've always loved reggae, but um, Sublime was really um, another big band that my little brother just loves, worships, really. And so Sublime was always in my radar, um, but really got hardcore into reggae maybe five years ago. And it was mainly from a, a really good friend named Brent Wild. You guys have met the Wilds, Yara and Brent. And uh, we went to a Sublime show, the lead singer of Sublime, overdosed a long time ago but they got a new lead singer and so we went and saw them with their new lead singer and a, and a group called revolution opened up for them and just fell in love with them i mean the vibe there in the crowd was amazing so it's been about five years where i've just only reggae type of thing it's awesome i love it i love it you introduced me to um a group called Nako and medicine for the people and I I don't know if they fall into the reggae genre, but I cannot get enough of them. Yeah, they definitely tour with huge reggae acts, and I don't I can't figure them out either because they're I don't feel like they're reggae, but they are in that that kind of 
genre, aren't they? Um, I've seen them a bunch of times too. And I was just watching a, a Facebook Live thing. I think you saw, but it didn't really did. work right. Like the internet was not one to cooperate with it. Right. But yeah, pretty cool. They're doing like a Sunday Wednesday thing during this coronavirus like live concert thing. That it's pretty cool. Yeah, Nako is rad. And and just the again, I think reggae plays into this, but reggae music seems to be for the almost awakened kind of person, right? Like you're on the other side of life and reggae Mm -hmm. just, it talks about taking better care of the planet, talks about trying to be present and to uh, just to be positive and to look up and things are going to turn around. Um, Reggae seems to be this upbeat music in the, the instruments they use. I'm, I'm just speaking as a fan, the instruments they use and the vocals and how they blend everything in. It's, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like, it's like rapping, but on your happiest day ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me just say, I'm a huge fan of the almost awakened podcast. I just cannot wait until your guys' episodes come out. Um, the topics you guys cover both of your vulnerability is insane. Like to be in front of people saying the things you guys say about your personal lives is inspiring to me. Love your guys' podcast. And a lot of times I'll listen to your podcast and be like, gosh, that just goes perfect with Ayaterra lyrics or, you know, Nako lyrics, revolution lyrics, fortunate youth lyrics. I mean, a lot of the stuff you guys talk about just goes perfect with reggae. I'll blend them too. I'll, I'll listen to your guys' podcast and, and listen to reggae the rest of the day. So I, I really am a number one fan. Not a bigger fan out there. Maybe equal to me, but not a bigger fan out there. Than you, than You're me. sweet. You're sweet, Finnegan. We we love you. I went to a Revolution concert um, with some of our other friends, the Hershey's and the Reese's, who yeah. those, those two groups, um, couples love reggae too. And it was one of the most fun nights I've ever had. And it's such a different vibe to go to a reggae concert than to, a you know, like a rock concert or... Or whatever. I've been to a couple of other concerts in my lifetime, and and the vibe, it's like it it was so loving, and people were just like, there were tons of people, but nobody mind being next to each other, and there was a lot of smiling and hugging and laughing and just connection, and I loved it. Yeah, the climate of right now, being six feet away from each other, is just the opposite. <laughs> it's killing the, me. My, my last, yeah, it's killing me too. <laughs> my last revolution show, I. I me and this Native American guy just—he he could tell I knew the lyrics, and I could tell he knew the lyrics, and we just put our arms around each other like side to side hug, you know, and um, just sang for like three songs together. It was just incredible, and that was down in Vegas, Mandalay Bay, there in the beach resort. Pretty cool venue to watch to watch live music. I uh, I wanted to ask a music question, and when I think about music. Um, when I, when I focus on the lyrics normally, and I think reggae is different, by the way, when I focus on the lyrics of most songs, the lyrics are meant to send you into the past and into the future. Mm. And if I focus on lyrics, I'm very much thinking about what's behind me or what is potentially in front of me. And when you listen to music, the, the music behind the lyrics or in front of the lyrics for that matter, um, Mm. the music seems to draw you to be present. And I, I, and I'm not, I don't want to ask a question about reggae. I just want to note that reggae music seems to be one of those exceptions where almost every song calls you to just be present and enjoy the moment. Yeah. Um, and I don't think all music does. That. I think most music points you to the past and the future with their words, 
maybe talk for a moment. Like, are there certain songs that bring you back really well to being present? And what does it mean to you to be present? And then are there, are there other songs that maybe send you into the past or send you into the future? And, and what are some of your thoughts on like how music operates in that way, where it really does intertwine both like our ego, which is past and future with kind of our, our healthiest self, which is just doing what we can in the moment right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on how music kind of does that on both ends. Yeah. I mean, on this side of life, Bill, I, I, I try to meditate, man. You know, I, I try, I've got like a restless leg syndrome thing or something going on when, when I try to meditate, we've even been to meditation classes and try to figure it out. We've, we've had like all the apps and stuff like that. But I found like the best meditations I've ever had is just laying down with my lady, which is Jen, and we put on some reggae. So yeah, mm. um, the group I'm really into right now, their name is Ayaterra. It's it stands for higher ground, but Ayaterra. Um, they just had a new album come out maybe four months ago, and um, when it came out, me and Jen would just turn the lights off. We would put on a new song and listen to the lyrics, hold each other's hand. At the end of the song, pause it and just kind of go through what we feel during that song, what that song made us feel, what emotions came up, what what presence it put us in, you know? And, and you're right, it does put you in the now. It does make you feel love for your life at the present moment. And so I'm grateful for meditation, but really, reggae music also brings me into a good meditation i love it i love it Mikkel, you've tried to do some of that meditation with reggae right yeah i told you i i think i texted you earlier last week or maybe this week i i for some reason nako has been really calling to me and so just listening to his lyrics you sent me um a song that nako did it's fairly new called twisted just about like we're all human, we're all making mistakes, we're all doing mm. the best that we can and and about forgiving yourself and yeah, a lot loving of yourself. Yeah. And and I yeah, listening to music, especially reggae has become my new meditation. Um and and I really like what Bill pointed to that it, it helps bring me back to the present moment and remind me of the things that I should be grateful for and the things that um, are going well in my life rather than focusing on the past and the mistakes that I've made and worrying about the future. And so, um, yeah, I, I music I, is fascinating to me. I've always been um, curious about song lyrics. And so I always try to make it a point to see what the words are because mm-hmm. I think there's such uh, an energy behind not only the words, but the music that is being played and, and I'm intrigued by the things that I put into my mind and I want to make sure that I'm putting good things in there. And reggae is one that I never have to worry about that. Like it's not ever going to send me a negative message. Yeah. Yeah. In the right headspace, man, reggae is, reggae is almost magical. I, I just, I love, and I hope if listeners, if you listen, we've got six people watching and about 2,500 people will listen to this afterward on just the audio. Um, if you haven't tried reggae music, I think maybe the three of us ought to put a little playlist together for the listeners. Um, maybe each of us pick kind of our three favorite songs in reggae music. And if there's yeah. overlap, so be it. Then that just says it's a song that all three of us love. And we'll put a playlist with uh, the show notes of this episode. And my suggestion is on a night, you know, go meditate or uh, maybe maybe have an, a, an adult beverage. 
and just sit down and just relax and enjoy some of the music. Like you guys point to the lyrics are positive. They, they ask us to be present. Um, the sounds of the, of the, you know, those are the lyrics the, the music itself is just soft and melodic and just beautiful and kind of more of a relaxing kind of, kind of tune, but not like, you know, not like waterfalls and native American flutes playing, but, but I don't know. It's just more of a vibration than that. I don't know. Just something really cool. Well, Bill, I know you're a lyrical guy. I mean, I've seen you rap and it's incredible. I mean, I am too. I, it's, it seems like Jen is more of a groover. Like the, if the beat's good, Jen is loving it. And I sometimes don't even hear the beat and I'm just focused on the lyrics and what the message is behind it. And so I can appreciate a fellow lyricist. So I wanted to ask you two guys something. See if you guys can get these right. I got a little reggae quiz for you. Are you ready? Oh boy, I'm ready. Let's see if you know these. So if you like lyrics, you'll hear some of these words in reggae. And to know <laughs> to know what lyrics you're listening to, you got to know some of these meanings, okay? Um, Babylon. When reggae artists talk about Babylon, Jen's uh, fixing this swing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's the love swing, right? It's just, it, well, yeah. That's where the magic happens. That's that's Maggie's play swing, yeah. right? She's nine. <laughs> Look at everybody. For everybody watching right now, the two of you watching at the moment, that is uh, that is the sex swing right there. That's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's actually her yoga swing, it's, right? Right. It's for it, exercise. You buy them on. Yeah, there. various kinds. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Babylon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> What is, what is meant by that, Finn? Yeah, when they say Babylon in lyrics, what do you think they're meaning? Hmm? Any ideas? Any guesses? There's the, uh, which group is it? Sings up Chant Up Zion, right? Chant Up Zion, no more chanting up Babylon. Yeah. Um, to me, Babylon is being lost in the world and getting caught up that you just, you're just so worried about what happened and what's going to happen that you're just missing out on life and you're not, you're not being kind to people. You're not taking time to pause and just be your best self in this very moment. I think Babylon represents all of the negative headspaces we go to that we don't need to be in. Yeah. That's I, my two cents. I agree. And, and I think for me, it's about social constructs and systems. Yeah. Corrupt I love that, Mikhail. Yeah. Mm. Corrupt government systems, corrupt systems. A lot of times it will be referred to as police departments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Babylon is just the opposite of Zion, right? And the and there's the hamster's wheel, right? Like in these systems, we we just keep them going and we the the individual doesn't matter. It's just the system that matters. It's it's the system is set up to perpetuate itself even at the expense of our individuality. And, and I think all of us get caught in the hamster's wheel of just getting up in the morning. We get dressed, take a shower, go shower, then dress. I don't dress first and then take a shower and then, <laughs> and then go to work. And I work my eight, nine, 10 hours. And then I go home and then I, you know, sit on the couch for a couple hours, watch TV. And now I go to bed and I get up and do it again. I think Babylon is also just being, just wasting one day after the other in expectation of some future thing instead of just that never taking don't. back your individuality. Yeah. Taking back your individuality and being here right now. Yeah. I love this. Hopefully that's what's kind of happening right now with this social distancing. We're having a chance to take a step back. Um, It's super interesting because there's a lot of, there's a lot of scuttle at work. You know, there's a lot of conversation around this social distancing and it's been really fascinating to see how people have responding 
have responded or are responding to it. And some people are terrified of it, terrified to have their kids home and have to manage, you know, kids that they normally get to send to school and terrified of having to spend time with their spouse and, Mm. and, and not being um, able to go out. And I, so far, I mean, we're, we're early on in this quarantine stage so far, there's nobody else I'd rather be with than my kids and Kelsey. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to be able to have this extra time to slow down and connect with them and really like not only get to know them, but allow them to get to know me and play and have fun. Yesterday, um, my daughter, Rebecca, well, I did this move. Like I did that to the, my kids. Like and, a dance move? What is that? I don't know. I, it's like it's my pretend gangster move. Oh, and yeah. My, yeah, my daughter, Rebecca, was like, Mom, you're so white. <laughs> so, of course, we have to play. Weird Al Yankovic, I'm so white and nerdy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she records me doing my lame white ass dancing and thought it was <laughs> hysterical. But it's moments like that that I normally wouldn't get otherwise. And so I think this social distancing can create a real opportunity to connect or drive people further apart. And I hope that people choose to connect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got a good us three, don't we? We got loving families, loving people in our lives. I, I almost worry for people that don't, you know, it's like, right. oh crap, I got to go home to a husband that hates me or a wife that hates me or that right. I hate something. So, man, we are I, like, I don't know about you guys. I'm just making love every day. I just come home and <laughs> make, make peace and make love, you know? Lay it down, huh, bro? Oh Listen yeah. To some reggae, get, get yeah. the juju vibes on. I love it. Amanda, uh, I heard about Amanda the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, she's handling this social distancing really well. She's handling it all right. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Um, I wanted to oh, ask you. <clears throat> I still have more. Oh, more words. Let's go do it. Go for it. Go for Word it. Word number that two. Was, yeah. Okay, you guys should get this. Irie. What does it mean when someone says I'm Irie? Give me, give me some context. Like okay. say it in a lyric. I don't have anything to complain about. My life is iry. Like, so good. Yeah, it's it's just slang for great. It's just, when you're feeling good, everything is all right. So you'll hear that in some lyrics. Everything is all right. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I love, yeah. Finnegan, what? too, is there are women reggae artists, which I didn't realize until I started listening to reggae. Yeah. And they're good. Yeah. They are good. <laughs> oh, Jen's in the background there. Yeah. Yeah, Natalie Rise. Mm-hmm. Irie. Irie is awesome. Um, it's a bummer. Reggae Rise Up just got canceled I in know. Vegas, and we were all all gonna go, weren't we? And such a bummer. Natalie Rise was gonna be there. I was like, really excited for you and Kelsey to see her. I mean, she has such strength on stage. She's probably five foot tall, but man, she just takes up the whole stage. Yeah, dang it. It's postponed. We'll see them when they come. Yeah, I feel like everything's going to get postponed till October. And it's like, man, we're going to have to take all of October off of work. (laughs) (laughs) Catch up. Yeah, and go to all the concerts that got postponed. Yeah, this this thing's for the long haul. I can imagine three months from now, I don't know that we're any less socially distanced uh, in 90 more days. I think it's only going to get crazier. Um, Word number three, I don't, the ire thing you said is just, just kind of feeling great or being in a great space. Irie. I'm Irie. Irie. Irie, okay. Earth strong. What do you think Earth about that? strong. Earth strong. Hmm. Earth strong. Earth strong day. 
<laughs> I don't know, like grounded. I don't know. It's your birthday. It's somebody's birthday. Earth strong. Earth strong. <laughs> yep. Okay, Mikhail, you might get this. Fire bun. Ah, uh, I know this because there's a song that I love that says that. Yeah. Um, it's I don't know when I listen to that song, it's like just do that workout to it. What's that workout? Uh, make them bun. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like just get after it and be you and fire. Who else can who else can you be? Right, like be you. Who else can you be? <laughs> yeah, it's it's fire burn burn the past you right. Strongly denounce the past you burn it down fire burn, but it's it's spelled F I Y A H fire. <laughs> I don't know bun b u n, but fire, fire burn. bun. That's yeah. a good song. I always request it whenever I'm at your house and there's a party. Yeah. What what was the workout you said you used to do to it? It was uh, a Zumba workout. Zumba, that's right. I used to Zumba to this. I remember you. <laughs> you got the whole dance down, the whole Zumba dance, I guess. That's funny. It's kind of sexy. Okay, I just got a couple more. So you guys are doing pretty dang good. What about jaw? Jaw? I need it's, context. Yeah, it's used to represent God, but not God in the way that most religionists think of it. It's more like like being one with the universe and and if we look for it the universe sends us so much good and and the universe has its own intelligence and I don't mean it's conscious necessarily but there's a there's an intelligence to evolution there's an intelligence to the universe and that intelligence has gotten us this far like trust in it like jaw jaw's the beginning it's the it's the breath the, the spirit of life breathed into all of us but it's not it's not bible god it's it's um, it's something more universal than that. I feel that, yeah, yeah, jaw. But just tell me I'm wrong, Finn. Just tell me the right answer. <laughs> I, like, I actually like your answer better. <laughs> well, I need context. <laughs> What's Give the me... right answer? Jaw Give me context. For... Jaw is short for Jehovah. Okay, so, so, it is... so it is Bible God. I'm done. I'm out. See you guys later. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> when no. you move away, Bill, you kind of like. Parts of you disappear. Yeah. I'm I'm like the invisible man. I'm semi-transparent. I can disappear like this if I want to. <laughs> so you'll hear jaw a lot in lyrics, but I like to frame it more like you were saying, Bill. But there is a religious aspect to to all this. It's, you know, to be Rasta or Rastafarian, there is a religion to this, and it, and it points to a lot of biblical things. So um, believe it or not, a lot of this is some biblical stuff. <laughs> okay. And you said Rastafarian, not Pastafarian, right? Those right. are two different religions. Right. We would be more Pastafarians, us three. <laughs> Except there is no pasta at Let the store. Let me grab my colander. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's not. There's nothing at the store. Listen, I live in an area where people preach preparedness and being ready. Mm. And then these guys all hoard everything. I go to Walmart and there's nothing. Like all the food aisles are empty. Toilet paper is gone. You have to get there at seven in the morning or forget it. No, I I had a patient um, who's over 60 this morning and several of the grocery stores are limiting hours or um, only allowing senior citizens to, to shop at certain hours to try and mm. be protective of them. And I had a patient that was over 65 this morning that said that they went to the store this morning and there were over 300 people waiting to get in that are senior citizen. Holy oh, cow. It's insane. Okay. Dude, uh, and really, they should be at home, like... Right? Man. 
and, and grocery stores are going to be open through this whole thing. It's not like we're all running into the woods and we're going to hunt elk for the next 40 years and live off the land. But grocery stores are going to be open. You can get your toilet paper whenever. Um, and diarrhea, by the way, is not even one of the symptoms <laughs> of the novel Corona COVID-19 virus. Right. You're not going to be shitting your pants, guys. Stop buying toilet paper like crazy. Well, me and my wife have a strict poop at work policy over here. Like, we both have jobs still. So it's like, if you got to go, just hold it, get to work. You, you might as well get paid to go. Right. And use their toilet paper. Yeah, we haven't bought any toilet paper yet. So <laughs> uh, I guess Crosby's saying he's got enough for all of us. So it looks, it looks Thank pretty God. Good. <laughs> okay, you want another one? Let's do it. Throw it. Iron Bird. Iron bird? Yeah, what would an iron bird be? Give Airplane? Give me some context. Like, give me a, Dang, word, give me a Bill sentence. Nailed it. Bill nailed it. It still amazes me that the iron bird can fly in the sky so easily. <laughs> you ever look at an airplane flying and go like, how the hell does that two-ton sack of metal shit just stay up in the air? And I understand lift. I mean, uh, here, I'll do something real quick. So if I blow over the top of this, hold on. Bill's mouth half disappears. <laughs> Look at that. That's yep. called lift. I blew over the top of it. The air travels faster over the top, so the bottom has to catch up, and it causes lift. The mm -hmm. paper lifts up in the air, but that still doesn't make sense in my brain. When you have an airplane, which is just a missile of fuel with two wings and a bunch of people inside, and the thing weighs so much, and it just stays up in the air. It is still amazing. Yeah, especially when you're elevated like emotionally, seeing that. It is a head-scratcher how that's happening. <laughs> Okay, uh, Empress. You'll hear this sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at one right there, Mikkel. Empress is like your lady, your woman, your, I guess, Kelsey or Amanda, Jen. Your queen. Oh, your queen, your Empress, right. Hey, back to Metal Bird, back to the Iron Bird. Yeah, yeah. You ever, you ever sit in an airplane and, like, look out the window and go, I really should just, like, die right now. Like, I should die. Like, I, this thing should drop out of the sky <laughs> and my life should end. Like, like there's no reason I should be up in the air inside this metal tube. No, I try not <laughs> to think about that because it causes me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, do, you two have problems with flying? We just flew to New Orleans, Mikkel, right? Did you freak out flying? No. I Well, okay, I did. I did. And I can't go into all of the details on a public podcast, but I can share them with you when we're face to face. Um, I thought when I thought when Bill was gonna say like, "Hey, going back to Iron Bird," I thought he was gonna make a penis reference. I was like, "Oh, it's Iron Bird! It's, it's like an Iron Bird." <laughs> <laughs> what was the What was the next one there, Finnegan? Okay, ball, B A L L, head, ball head. <laughs> call somebody a ball head. Someone that's just not thinking or using their brain. Okay, great, great uh, guess. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you want to take a stab at ball head? Ball head. Obviously, I'm not listening to enough reggae music to get the <laughs> reference. Uh, I don't know. Stands for bald head, also known as someone that's not Rasta, someone without dreadlocks. Someone that's white. Someone that's probably white, yeah. <laughs> Someone that's just not getting down with the vibe of, of reggae. Interesting. A ball head. Hmm. If you have dreadlocks, you know what's up. If, if you have a ball head, you don't. <laughs> I just watched a video of a girl taking out her dreads. She'd had them for three Ooh. years. 
I mean, don't you have to shave them off? No, she and her mom like spent days unwinding them and combing uh, them out, and yeah, it was crazy. That's a lot of upkeep there at the end. Mm-hmm. Wow. You ever think about having dreadlocks, Bill? Um, not with this high hairline. I don't. <laughs> Can you imagine you with a thin of those, set of hair? You just put one of those Rasta caps on. Yeah, my hair is too That's thin. Cool. I, I'm I'm probably to the point where if I. I don't know. I, I think I just would shave my head. I mean, I know, I know Finn, like you do the shave head thing. Yeah. It's easy. I I'd like to save on shampoo. So <laughs> I'm not going to do, uh, I'm not going to do dreads. What about you, Mikkel? Dreadlock that thing? No. Do you think dreadlocks are cute on people? It depends on who it is. I think they're sexy on women. Yeah. Natalie I right. think a chick with a couple tattoos and some dreadlocks and a nose yeah. piercing, like right nose here. piercing. Yeah. You find that hot too, Finn? Yeah, yeah. Are you into people? Are you into people crying like I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I don't judge you for your crying. Okay, good. I, I, this is a no judgment zone. This is no free, no judgment free zone right here. It's not a freak free zone. It's a judgment free. No, there's a lot of freak. If you're almost awakened, you know your freaky side, and so do others. Yeah, I'm. I'm discovering. I'm more and more freaky than I thought I was. Like, you're, yeah, anyway, you're not normal. Do <laughs> something freaky, huh? <laughs> back to back to reggae. Okay, <laughs> I only got one left. Okay, okay, but this one I like the most. It's called I and I. You'll hear that a lot in the I and I. I and I, just the letter I and I. Hmm. Hmm. I and I plant the corn. I and I go to the store. Like maybe you're responsible for yourself and, and however you work your shit out is up to you. I don't know. What does it mean? It's, it's, it's kind of a reggae way of saying we. Hmm. And it, it's like a one love. It's like saying us together. I and I. It's you. It's Ja. It's your significant other. It's your friends. I and I doing it together. I like that. It's just... Yeah. Reminds me of the interconnectedness. Hey, Finn, we were we went to Mesquite, I don't know, a while ago. And before we went, we stopped at your house and we listened to some music. And it was a band I had never heard before, but they were killing it. I loved them. Who yeah, was that? That was Ray Floyd Project. That, that's my buddy Brent. He He's the lead singer. So you've met Brent, but you really haven't listened to his tunes. So no. him and his brother have an awesome, awesome band called the Ray Floyd Project. Ray so Floyd. Finn, yeah, they're up in Utah County, um, and they do some kind of cool stuff. They do some live concerts in, in yoga classes up there. Oh. Yara is like a really amazing yoga instructor, and uh, him and his brother will play some live music while yoga is going down. So if you're in Utah County or anywhere near there, um, check them out. Yara Yoga and the Ray Floyd Project. Yeah, they were good. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you liked them. You know what else? Um, me and Jen just went to 311 just a few days ago, and it's kind of surreal talking about it. Um, it was a three-day long thing. It was in Las Vegas, and it was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, okay? So the corona thing is just kicking up on Wednesday. And by Friday, like, everything is shut down. And so it was kind of weird being there. Well, I went to all three nights, and, uh, you know, you're in there with, 20,000 people and nobody really wants to touch each other by Friday night. <laughs> and 
concerts is all about just like especially 311 311's kind of reggae rock where they're a lot heavier than most reggae but they do have i mean they're old school reggae up there with sublime keeping reggae going throughout the 90s and so uh, it was amazing though their fans were so cool a lot of reggae fans are just amazing we went to this fan merch exchange like swag exchange before the show and probably three four hundred people just made bracelets and necklaces and stickers and like i don't know like rings and poker chips that had 311 stuff on it and they were just giving them out and everyone's just giving them to each other and i came away with a bag full of stuff that just for free and it was i don't know amazing I love that. I love that, especially during um, a time like this where there's a lot of people worried about um, food and how they're going to pay their bills and things like that. I think if we just all opened our hearts and were more generous with each other, there would be less fear and there would be less concern about how we're going to take care of our, ourselves and our families. So I love, I love, that's one of the reasons I love reggae is because it's about like, how can we help one another and support one another and love one another regardless of anything else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bill, I was having a hard time waking up this morning. You know how it goes. You stay up too late partying or hanging out with friends. And then you've got to get up early to record a podcast. So what do we do in those instances? And on every other day of the week? Coffee. Red Roca coffee. It helps you and me as we're awakening in the morning. My favorite brew is Heathens or Good Mojo. And sometimes I like it hot. In the summertime, every once in a while, I'll drink it cold. Red Roca Coffee is a small family-owned business here in the United States. If you need a cup of joe to help you awaken, give Red Roca Coffee a try. We're sure you'll like it. We're sure you'll like it. That's Red Roca, R-O-C-A, coffee.com. When you place your order, put in the code AWAKE. A-W-A-K-E. You'll get a 10% discount, and you'll get free shipping on orders over $30. Check out Red Roca Coffee today. Again, Red Roca Coffee. For those times when you need help awakening. I want to ask you a question about uh, deconstructing systems for a minute, uh, Finn. You know, the three of us all came from the same religious system. Okay. It was it was an unhealthy, high-demand, fundamentalist religion. And and all of us, you know, in the in this on the first half of life, Richard Rohr, I always point to that. Richard Rohr talks about these two halves of life. In the first half of life, um, we all have this certainty. We're all so sure that we we got lucky and we were born in the, into the system, the right one, it, God's kingdom on earth. And and then as we start to wake up, as we become almost awakened, we start deconstructing systems, both religious systems, family systems, um, uh, society, societal systems. You know what it means to be a, in the member of the United States. You know, a citizen of the U.S. and what it means to be just a global citizen, a, a person, a human being in the world. And then respecting the planet more and respecting animal life. And I just want to get your two cents on like deconstructing what on deconstructing a system. Um, what like your thoughts on what it meant for you personally to take it all apart. And I don't know. I just, I just think people on this in the, you know, listen to this podcast. They're, they're, they're trying to make sense of what this deconstruction process looks like for each person. I'm just curious what your deconstruction process looked like and, and maybe, you know, maybe just share maybe a couple thoughts on uh, what it meant to take it all apart and put it back together again. And I, I kind of cut out there. I'm not hearing you anymore for some reason. Okay. Can you hear me now? Mm. 
Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Dang, I'm not hearing either one of you guys. Um, hmm. did your did your something become unplugged or? Let's try something. Here, can you hear me now? Oh, he's gone. No. Can you? Let's hear try me now. Again? Can you hear me? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can't hear you. I don't know. Should I jump out and jump back in? In the meantime, Bill, I listened to that podcast that you sent to me about the liturgists and the deconstruction process, and I really liked the analogy. Uh, I can't remember the name of the gal that was talking, but she said she grew up differently than the other host, and that her parents um, taught her that changing your belief system was a normal part of just growing up, and that... um, she viewed her deconstruction process, and she she didn't even use the term deconstruction, but she she viewed the process as like adding on an addition to her home rather than tearing things down and um, like remodeling the kitchen. And I really liked that. Um, I I wish that I had grown up in a system that would allow me to have the understanding that as you grow, it's normal to have your your beliefs change. Yeah, the the world would be a better place if all human beings were taught at some point that deconstructing their system and challenging it, taking it apart, examining all the pieces, discarding the things that are unhealthy, holding on to the pieces that work, being allowed to change the literalness of stories, like we'd all be better off if if our if our systems, religious and societal encouraged us to do that right yeah yeah and they don't they don't kelsey and i've been talking a ton about labels and why why we have them and and are they necessary and i think that over the last couple of months we've moved away from trying to label ourselves and label other things and just being open to allowing things to be so anyway i'll let finn answer the question about um you asked him about deconstructing yeah, I was just saying, Finn, like, well, we've got you here. I wanted to at least spend, you know, five or 10 minutes talking about deconstructing systems. And, and you're a human being, you're, you're almost awakened, um, more so than I think me, you, you've taken a system that you had certainty in. you were absolutely sure it was the kingdom of God on earth. And you deconstructed it, took it apart, examined the pieces. And here you are on this side of life, just your thoughts on deconstructing your, your thoughts on feeling the like like what 80% of the population don't deconstruct their systems what 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 prompted chris finnegan to deconstruct his system and and what did that look like for you um you know one thing i know is that i don't know and that that's a, the label stuff Miguel's talking about i love that as soon as i start thinking i'm one way i can talk my way out of it like during this time people are like oh finn you're an extrovert and this next two weeks is going to really suck, which I th- I agree with. I am an extrovert. But then I'm like, that doesn't mean I'm just an extrovert. I can just chill in my backyard by myself and do some weeding while listening to reggae. You know, I, I can, I have the tools to be anything, really. And that's so cool in this part of life that I can talk my way out of being the little perfect boy that I was supposed to be, I can talk my way out of being a certain thing. And so um, I just love doing that. I love pushing the boundaries of what 
path I'm supposed to be on because there's no such thing. There's as as soon as I think I'm, I'm on the right path, I'll screw up and do something, and we'll. We'll figure out a different path. <laughs> Even the path is a label, right? Like there is no path really. Like we're just being human every day and we all have tendencies and habits, but what the hell's a path, you know? Yeah. Um, to answer your question though, I guess what, what started it for me was a change in the introduction to um, a religious book that we all grew up. Well, I grew up reading a lot of, they changed the introduction. I know that wasn't, straight from the golden plates, but just them changing it made me think what's going on here. And that came in, it gave me permission to, to look more into it. So they added a word among that uh, native Americans were among the Lamanites and, and just adding that word, gave me permission to dive deeper. And when I dove deeper, I, I figured it out. Yeah. We, we figured it out. It, isn't it amazing? The first time that question enters your consciousness. Um, wh- what if, there's something else out there. What if something else is more true? What if, what if this thing I am certain is the truth, isn't exactly the truth? Yeah. Scary, but um, also exciting and fun. And, and uh, I think more healthy. I mean, I'm so happy with my life right now. Yeah. And the next day I'm not, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm not striving to only be happy at all times. So, um, but uh, I'm happy talking to you too. I'll tell you that. I know. I'm not going to lie. There have been a couple of moments um, that I've had some anxiety about like all of this that's happening because, you know, when you look at, when you look at Facebook and, and I have a lot of friends that are still in the religious system and still a lot of connections to the religious system, they're, they're all talking about how this, this, all the things that have been happening lately, the earthquake today and the COVID virus and all of that, like, it's just a sign of the times. And so there is like, for me, has been a few moments of like, what, what if I'm wrong? But when I look at all of the other things that make me feel happy and give me a sense of peace in my life, those, those temporary moments of panic are fleeting and I'm able to just find peace in staying present and being um, aware of really all of the beauty that, 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 that this is creating. Um, And so it's been, it's been really interesting. I I think in the past I would have been terrified of all of the recent events, you know, in in my earlier half of life, this would have scared the shit out of me. If this happened, yeah, five, 10 years ago, oh man. I'd have been on my knees 24 seven praying and, fasting and and doing all the things and now i'm just like let's see how things go it's just a day at a time a moment at a time and and what can i focus on right now that's gonna bring me a sense of peace and make me happy and like you said it's beautiful and it's amazing and i never would have thought that i could be in this place five ten years ago the struggle to become comfortable with chaos is so fun i mean it's it's so much better than to think you know freaking everything it's it's so much better and just it's so much more exciting than to think it's all coming to an end it's so exciting to see what what is science going to come up with to get us out of this mess what you know this social distancing stuff it, hopefully it works right i mean i guess we'll see but hopefully that's what we've kind of come up with as a, as a human race to, to squail this thing a little bit and and hopefully it works so it would be kind of cool if it did 
Yeah. Ju- just to play it safe, I did put pig's blood on the arch of my door outside. <laughs> just in case. Uh, left the dinner plate open, huh? Today. <laughs> Elijah's coming. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, it's... That might it's, be smart to play it safe, bro. <laughs> to play it safe, you should have gotten baptized. That would have been the safest thing to do, Bill. Or, yeah, uh, uh, they unbaptized me. Yeah. So I don't know. I I have to ask for a lot of forgiveness to get rebaptized. I'm sure if you paid some tithing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll keep my money. <laughs> I, I Kelsey and I were talking yesterday, we were like, you know, it, it really would be in the best interest of a, a church that claims to be concerned for the people to give back their tithing so that they could during this time of of um scare pay their rent and buy groceries and pay their bills and do the things that they need to do to continue living instead of requiring them to continue paying tithing so that it can go into their investment fund prob said too much (laughs) well i don't it was 124 billion i think after the last 10 days it's probably not quite that anymore so (laughs) don't put all your eggs in one basket I don't know. Anyway. What else? What else? Let me ask this. Oh, go ahead. Fuck the labels. Fuck the system. Keep listening to reggae. What else is there? And that's it. Um, What's that? Chant down Babylon. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will say this. Jen, I don't know if she's still hovering around in the room there, but you and Jen are like the two best human beings I I know. I've hung around you. You're not judgmental. You... You love and try to be inclusive. You try to be understanding of everyone. You try to give everybody space to be a human. Like so many of us, even on this side of being awakened, um, there's still judgment seeps in and we're, you know, we're, we're thinking of somebody as an outside as them instead of us or, or mm-hmm. placing some sort of judge. You and Jen just seem to do a beautiful job of going like, look, we're just going to love everyone. We're going to be inclusive and make space for everybody. Um, I'd love to know, like, have you always been that way, the two of you? Or is that been something that, like, you've grown into as well? Or, you know, maybe talk about how you guys have lived into just being really inclusive, compassionate, kind people. Um, yeah, you know, this being St. Patrick's Day yesterday, it, this is kind of topical. We usually, here's Jen. Hi. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Oh, I love you too. We usually have this huge party, huge party, right? Um, huge, like Donald Trump. I, like, huge. I, we yeah, went huge. to we went to the one last year, and it was like standing room only. Like, don't don't move. <laughs> um, and it and it's grown over the years. You know, like we've been doing that party for I don't know five or six years, and it was ten people and twenty. And then the next year, thirty, and you know, it's been closer to a hundred now. Um, but I don't know. I kind of just feel like for selfish reasons, I like doing these things. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I, I like hanging out with people and sometimes it's too big when the party gets too big. You can't really even make any connections with anybody, but I, I like a couple big parties throughout the year and then smaller ones to get to know people better. But, um, it yeah, seems- I, I used to throw parties in high school and stuff. And one of my parents would go to Scotland and, we would have some pretty pretty awesome parties back in high school and stuff. So So to answer your question, it's all him. He's the one that's like 
all inclusive always. Nope, that's we need to not true. We need to invite everybody. It's not true mm-hmm. because both of you, like I've told you multiple times, you both are people that I look up to because I want to be more like you, and it's because of your your genuine love and your genuine kindness and your genuine like you just don't care. You accept people for who they are and you love them where they're at and you make them feel like a million bucks. Every single time you're around them, it doesn't matter if they've pissed you off or if they've been rude to you or whatever. You guys, you're like gold. Thank you. I would say so much. Thank you so much. That's we try and put love out there, and that's what you do. You do it so well. Yeah. Thank you. You're knocking out of the park. Team effort. I, I hung out in Vegas for one day without Jen with a lot of 311s fans, and I was definitely not as. sociable so i get a lot of my confidence just having jen around how she's gorgeous and she's so smart and fun yeah and so you know that's where i i don't know i get a lot of my confidence when jen's around i just feel so much more comfortable and in social situation once jen is around (laughs) pull jen out of my life and i would be a loser probably (laughs) (laughs) not true he'd do great he'd be great just like he is now. But we try. We're glad you guys are in our lives. That's for sure. Dude, yeah. it's so funny when Kelsey and I talk about how we met you because it was so random. Yeah. So and <laughs> and I, you're, I consider you an essential part of my life. And I'm so grateful that we, our paths crossed. And, and I continue to learn from both of you every time I interact <laughs> with you. And i just so impressed with the amount of love and respect you have, not only for each other, but for other people. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, we feel the same about you guys. What? I'm always fucking it up, but and it's okay. <laughs> no, you're I'm not. learning. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, we've definitely got. We say this all the time: the best best friends in the world. I swear, we're so lucky. Yeah. To have the many many great people that we have in our lives. And I know. I, I, again, I I think of all the the people that we've come in contact not only from our connection with Bill and Chris and Don. But from you guys too, like it seems like when we met you, we had a whole group of people that that enveloped us and have loved us, and so I'm I'm just so grateful for everyone that that you've introduced into our lives. I love all of them. And it's it's fun to go through life with people who are who are willing to be vulnerable, right? Like because I get to see you guys make mistakes and I get to see Mikkel and Kelsey make mistakes and I get to see other friends in our group make mistakes. And I also get to see when I go like, Oh, there's this weird thing inside me and I don't want to talk about it. But then somebody in the group talks about it and you're like, Oh, I'm not that weird. Like I'm just like, they are like, we're all just human doing this thing. And, mm-hmm. and we all have these weird parts and pieces. And, and when we make room for each other to be different and to be ourselves, in the first half of life, there was this giant weight on my shoulders. And on this side of things, I'm just enjoying it. And I don't mind, I don't mind being strange because I know all of us have strange pieces about us. Oh, and man. it's, yeah, isn't strange. it just, yeah, it's fun to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there. And it's always reciprocated. It's never like, Oh, you're weird. Like, I think I'm going to back away from you. It's always like, Oh, you're different, but I'm different in the same but different way. And here's my difference. And mm. it just makes it so easy uh, with you guys just to be human. It, it's easy to be human. Yeah. When Mikkel says, oh, I'm always screwing it up. It's just like, man, I just think the opposite. I just think 
dude, you're just making all of us feel better by showing us you, you know, you're yeah. making us all, even if, even if, you know, you do lose your cool or I lose my cool, it just gives us all permission to lose our cool together. Like you said, learn together. And guess what? That's a reggae lyric straight out of Ayaterra's song, Rainbow Road. <laughs> Maybe we'll put that song on your little playlist, Bill. That sounds great. One, I've never seen you lose your cool, Finn. And two, you <laughs> probably have some of the luckiest students in the entire world who get to connect and, and have you as a teacher. I can't oh, imagine man, having yeah. someone as loving and as caring as you are. And I, I and I know you deal with hard kids and so and, and you've been doing it for a really long time. And so I'm just super impressed by by what you do and who you are. Thank School you. teacher, yeah. DJ, uh, man, you're knocking Dude, it out of the park. It's so fun to creepily watch Finn on the studio cam when he's doing his <laughs> reggae show. I you feel ever, like a stalker. It's like a, I'm a voyeur. It, yeah, it, it, it's fun to do that. But I, <laughs> that shirt say 78. That was my year. 1978. All-star. You were born in 78? Uh, September of 1978. 41 years old. Yeah. Mikel, you are born in 78 or 79? I was born in 79, the cool oh, year. Oh. February, Aquarius. Aquarius. The best. Yeah. I'm Aquarius also. I don't know what that means, but. It means we're legit and <laughs> some of the coolest people on the planet. How did the. Uh, to, go ahead. Next to our spouses. Right. Uh, how did the DJ thing come up, Finn? How did that opening become available? Jen, she's, she's amazing. We had a big party. And a guy that runs the radio station that we, we didn't even know at the time, but a friend of a friend invited him. So we'll have like 50-ish people we know, and then probably another 20 people come with those 50. And, and so we kind of get to know some other people. And, and this guy that runs the radio station was one of them. And, and Jen was talking to him, and she's like, Chris loves reggae. He would love to come on and just do a show. And so he's like, yeah, tell him, tell him to come talk to me. So, you know, so Jen kind of talked me into it after that and then i just went and talked to him and, and he hooked it up so sundays six till eight that's cool what what how can people find the radio show so they can creepily stalk you like i do or listen in <laughs> on sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m if they're not so, from st george if you're local southern utah it's 91.3 but if uh, around the world anywhere you want you can go on to radio no it's just radio dixie app if you search that out in any of your applications, you, you'll find it. I call my show the Reggae Radio Dixie, but it's the station is just Radio Dixie 91.3. That's their app. It's one of my faves. Thanks for the plug, though. It's fun to do. Love it. So wrapping up, should we? what reggae song should we play, Finn? Like, what's the, what's the thing? You could do Rainbow Road. I, what's your favorite? What's your favorite reggae song? Would you guys play a song called Stars by Ayaterra? You got uh, it. Give me two seconds. I'll play it live for the audience. Uh, Stars, Ayaterra. Love you, Finn. Let's see here. Like I'm kind of holding my iPad so I can't do any of the love stuff. I got my kids trying to go to bed, so they're running around. It's going to take me just a second here. How many kids do you have at your house right now, Mikkel? Five. Five. And when they – our bedroom is – right below the girl's bedroom they share a bedroom and so when they start yeah. running too hard it makes our lights flicker yeah 
Yes, there it is. Oh, it's got the lyrics too. Oh, I love it. I love it. Life is beautiful. Bill, you're on mute. And he's really pink. I am like super purple. The green screen makes my skin look like, <laughs> Why you like however orange Trump is. That's that's how pink I am. I'll probably get rid of it. I use it once in a while. Um, yeah. I thought I'd play around with it tonight. I've never seen you this so is sunburned. My, this is where I use all the podcast money for this beautiful home behind me. <laughs> yeah, gonna, that is not that's, your house. That's my that's my master piano, my master piano over there, my little grand, grand baby grand piano? over there. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my baby grand. I don't have enough money for a grand piano, <laughs> just a baby grand. Well, you said master. I was a little confused. Oh well, you know, it, yeah. I've got I've got a baby grand in the master bedroom too. <laughs> you know where all the magic happens. Um, we could do a podcast from my bedroom. I bet the art in there would be interesting to the audience. <laughs> Maybe to some people. There's that one picture that's not my favorite with the man hands. It, the man hands, yeah, above the bed. Yeah. Yeah, she's got, she's got, yeah. <laughs> she's that's got, exactly she's got what it looks hands. like. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running. Email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director Brittany Hartman. 